It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Who they think you're going to beat them Bengals? It is the Locked On Bengals podcast with your hosts Joe Goodberry and Jake Lisko. Find us on Twitter at Joe Goodberry and at Jake underscore NFL. Please like, subscribe, and share as we try to grow this community and pump out daily Bengals content just for you. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. Today, we're going to talk a little bit about the first Ryan Finley practice as the Bengals starter and the fallout from the announcement that Andy Dalton would not be the starting quarterback for the Cincinnati Bengals. Former Bengals, including George Iloka, Brandon LaFell, a few others, were pretty shocked by the move, thought that Dalton had been scapegoated. Those in the locker room have had a generally mixed reaction saying that they are there to support Ryan Finley. He's now their starting quarterback. And some players said Andy Dalton is our franchise quarterback and Ryan Finley is now our starting quarterback. We'll get into that. And then Mo Egger joins the podcast for the last two segments today. We'll talk about his time in London. And we'll also talk about what's happening in Cincinnati because he's there. I'm obviously out on the west coast of Canada. And I want to hear what he thinks. I suspect, judging from our Twitter comments and his article on The Athletic today on the topic, that we're going to agree a lot. Before Mo joins me, I'll update you on the latest Bengals news and notes, and we'll get more into the Andy Dalton news. Ryan Finley starting, AJ Green reacts, a whole lot going on in Paul Brown Stadium today. An unhappy Andy Dalton faced the media today in Cincinnati, and it's hard for me to really blame him. The way things were handled, it sounds like Andy Dalton didn't find out that he was going to the bench for Ryan Finley until about three hours before the trade deadline. His agent looked into trades in that short amount of time, but was unable to get anything together. And it's reported that half of the Bengals' ownership family was vacationing in Switzerland, according to Jason Lockenfora of CBSSports.com. Maybe that's part of why they didn't get any trades done. He did note, however, that Mike Brown was in Cincinnati, as was, I assume, Duke Tobin. I'm sure they did field some phone calls. That is not really a question, but the team had a public and reported stance that they did not want to trade players and make other teams better. I personally feel that that ignores their obligation to make their own team better and relentlessly pursue winning, as Mo Egger said on The Athletic today. But instead, Andy Dalton remains on the team. He said that he will support Ryan Finley, help him in any way that he can. Ryan Finley said it meant a lot when Dalton told him that Dalton's got his back. A.J. Green, who came into the league with Dalton, said that it's hard. Described Dalton as a very close friend, as a family member. Said that he can put up numbers with anybody, but... It isn't very easy for anyone in the locker room when a nine-year veteran 
goes to the bench. And I think it's really hard to upset Dalton. The full interview that he had with the media today is up on Bengals.com. He was clearly unhappy. This is the most vocal that I can ever recall Dalton being in terms of questioning the ownership. But of course, any starting quarterback in the NFL is going to say, I disagree with the decision. And Dalton does. And he did. Dalton, of course, thinks that he can still be a starting quarterback in the NFL. But at the same time, he said, it would be nice to have a chance to go somewhere where I'm wanted and continue to play. And I don't think there's any question that Dalton can still offer something to an NFL team. And I think he'll be a prime trade candidate for the Bengals this offseason for a team looking for a bridge quarterback. He's got one year left on his deal. And if they can't find a trade partner, then there's no dead money there. So I'm sure they're ready to release him if necessary. It'll be interesting to see if they do what the Dolphins did with Ryan Tannehill, where they ate some of the contract money and got a fourth round pick, I believe, from the Tennessee Titans in exchange. Tannehill has long been compared to Dalton. They've had similar career trajectories in a lot of ways, and he just took over for Marcus Mariota in Tennessee and has looked pretty solid in his two starts there. I would not be surprised at all to see Dalton look solid for another team next year and for a guy who has done great things for the Bengals community and improved a lot of lives. I personally wish him the best and I wish the organization had handled this differently. I feel that the organization could have made this choice more quickly and if they were going to make this choice, they really should have and could have looked to move Andy Dalton. Their teams in the NFL right now that would have acquired his services. I'm not sure that they would have gotten a ton for him. And maybe that's part of it, right? Maybe they're continuing to overvalue their own assets. But it wouldn't surprise me, on the other hand, if they just didn't explore the trade options for Dalton and made this decision at the last minute. But what this means going forward, as Joe, my co-host, said on Twitter today, is that Andy Dalton is not part of the future. And Andy even said it. He was asked, did Zach Taylor tell you why he made the move? Did you ask, did you get a reason? And Taylor told Dalton that he's got to look with the future in mind and see if he's got anything in Ryan Finley. So that means Dalton is not in the future plans because they're considering a quarterback. At 0-8, I think you have to be thinking, okay, I might be drafting in the top three. I might be in a position to draft a quarterback. And in Cincinnati, the head coach makes a big impact on who's making those calls. So Zach Taylor's got to be thinking about this already. For all he wants to talk about, his focus on 2019, and Dalton echoed this today in his interview. So he's still spouting the company message, which he got there eventually in the interview when he was asked about his future. The coach has to think about the future here. Outside of Andy Dalton today, Ryan Glasgow goes to the IR with another knee injury. Really unfortunate for him. He has looked very solid for the last two years when he's been on the field, but he cannot seem to stay healthy, unfortunately. In a corresponding move, the Bengals activated from the practice squad cornerback Greg Mabin. The Bengals will have a lot to answer for coming out of the bye week as Ryan Finley faces Baltimore in a division contest in his first game as the starter. He'll have A.J. Green back. Maybe some other players will be back from injury as well as the Bengals look to get healthy with a week off. Finley will have eight weeks to prove he's a quarterback of the future, and if he doesn't and they play poorly, well, they're going to be in position to draft his replacement. Next up, I'm joined by Mo Egger, who writes for The Athletic and is on the radio in Cincinnati. I'm sure you all know him. We'll talk about his trip to London to watch the Bengals go to 0-8. And And we'll talk about what's going on with Andy Dalton and get his take there, because that is certainly some pertinent news. If you found $100 on the street, would you pick it up or keep walking? 
Of course you take the money. So why do you keep picking winners and not betting on them? That's why I go to my bookie. It's fast, it's easy, and they pay when you win. Let's face it, where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on. MyBookie offers a variety of options depending on your style of betting. You can bet on games after kickoff if by the second half it looks like your bet is going to lose, you can take the other side and recoup your cash. If you're the kind of guy that likes to bet a little and win a lot, you can try a parlay. If all your picks come through, you'll multiply your winnings. No matter how you bet, the NFL season is the best time of year. Join now and MyBookie will double your first deposit. Just use promo code LOCKEDON to activate the offer that's promo code locked on. Visit mybookie.ag today to play so you win and get paid. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Now I'm joined by Mo Egger. You all know Mo. He writes for The Athletic. He talks on the radio on ESPN 1530, 700 WLW. He's one of three documented Knicks fans in Cincinnati, and I only mention that. Because as a Bulls fan, I gave you a hard time the other day when it looked like the Knicks were totally lost, and then they came back and won that game. You know, it was funny because I was in Chicago uh, when that game started. I was at O'Hare flying back from London. So, you know, obviously the game is on every TV in the airport. It's 33-15 Chicago when, you know, I had to get on the plane. So I'm like... God, okay, who's going to win their first game, the Knicks or the Bengals? Because, you know, they got blown out uh, two nights prior by Boston, lost to Brooklyn, kind of gave away a game opening night to San Antonio, and I land, and they've won the game. So I I watched kind of a condensed replay, and I was drooling over R.J. Barrett, but, yeah, I I was more shocked than anybody that they figured out a way to pull off a win that night. It doesn't change from the fact that they are absolutely abominable, but it was nice to see them get a victory. The polarity of New York franchises between the success of the Yankees to some degree, the success of the Mets and then the absolute dumpster fires that are the Jets and recently the Knicks is pretty interesting to think about, but we're not here to talk about New York sports. Mo, you're coming back from London We already talked to the Bengals UK guys. We got the perspective of those fans that live in London. How was it as an American going over there to see uh, a team that you knew was going to be rough from the football perspective, but it looks like (laughs) a lot of fun. Yeah. You know, I went in 2016. So I, you know, I went with a little bit better idea of of what London was like, um, you know, things to do, places to go, stuff like that. than, than I did three years ago, it's, it's a lot of fun. It's, it's a great city. Um, there's like a thousand different things to do. I was telling my wife when I came back, like, all right, I want to go again. And I want to go with there not being any football game or any of that stuff. I want to go and I want to, I just want to see more of the city. It's, it's a great place. And, you know, I got to tell you, my, my buddies and I, that we, that I went with, we said to each other a couple of different times, you know, you, you're so far away from Cincinnati that that you kind of, 
you kind of tune out what's happening back home. And then you see these folks, um, these, these Bengal fans who, who live in the UK. And we even met a, we even met a man who lived in Germany and you, you run into these folks, their passion for the Bengals and their endearing lack of cynicism is, it it, it kind of makes you feel like, man, this team's not that bad. I mean, it, it's there's an innocence and like a uh, just an, an unadulterated joy that they have about the Bengals. Certainly, about the Bengals being in their country and having a chance to to see them and being surrounded by, you know, folks from Cincinnati. That number one, you're, you're kind of you're experiencing it, and you're kind of pissed off that the team isn't better because it would have been so much more fun, so much more just joy and excitement but you know we were there on on friday and saturday at kind of the bar that was the main Bengals hub and you're hearing people break into random who day chants and they're doing the fight song and for an 0 and 17 a team that's going nowhere a team that's having you know what, what might end up being its worst season ever and to a degree you feel sorry for these people to a degree you want to be these people because they just they lack the the non-stop just cynicism that so many of us are filled with and it, it's it's refreshing to be around it was refreshing to be in the stadium and, and you run into people who are genuinely overjoyed to be watching the Bengals in person because um, it's been a while since I've encountered that here I totally totally understand what you're talking about and the cynicism comment really hits home for me because as you were saying like you started to say some traits that you observed and you started to say the unadulterated joy. And when you started going there, I thought the next thing you were going to say was there's a naivete. There's yeah, which, which isn't really what it is, right? That's what I would think as a cynical Cincinnati based Bengals fan is that they just, they're just being naive about it. Right. But it, it's not that as much as it's just, they're not saddled with the history of, of, of maybe the proximity or maybe they're just newer to it. I don't know which one it is. I think it's maybe a combination of all those things. I think some of those folks, for, for a lot of them, you know, they, they consume the game on Sunday and maybe they're a little bit less involved in, you know, the stuff that consumes us uh, Monday through Saturday. And so, you know, what they see is Bengals play game, Bengals lose okay, that happens every week to 16 teams in the NFL. You know, I, I, I don't – and then there's, I think, the lack of history. You know, most, most people that I talked to became Bengals fans, you know, I would say over the last 10, 15 years. You know, certainly some older who uh, found ways to follow the NFL maybe in the, the 90s. But so they've, they've enjoyed, um, you know, some degree of success with the Bengals being better earlier this decade. But, yeah, I, I think there's – I think there's just kind of an, an absence of maybe an absence of history, maybe an, an absence of, you know, specifically what it is that frustrates so many of us about this team, because, you know, that's, that's not limited to what happens on Sunday. Um, but yeah, it was, you know, again, it was, it was, it was kind of fun and refreshing to be around. I mean, you know, I, when I was a Bengals fan, when I first became a fan of this team, I I had, you know, no idea uh, what was in store for the next uh, 30 years. And I, I think it, being around some of those folks, it, it kind of reminded me of that. I, I even said to one of them on Twitter, like I, I'm around you guys and it makes me want this team to be so much better because you guys deserve it. You know, much less people here who have, you know, live and breathe it all the time. Um, 
there's those folks deserve to, to from a, a you know a, a an ocean away um you know support an, an NFL franchise that that gives them more in return i think that's a pretty nice point to make and maybe another part mm-hmm. of it is they don't have the whole political side of what's happened in cincinnati and we don't need to get into that today i think there's what, seven years until that lease comes up? We can talk about it in six years. <laughs> I was just looking while you were talking about the overseas fans. I just pulled up our listener numbers to the podcast, and maybe some people are interested in this, maybe not. But about 91% of our listeners are in the United States in the last month, 3.3% in the UK, about 1% in Australia, 0.4% in Germany, and 0.24% in Sweden and then some other European countries in there. And I know for a fact that at least one Bengals fan from Poland is coming to the United States to watch Cincinnati play Baltimore in week 10. Oh, no. Oh, oh, no. But, I, I mean, it's, it, you know, it's, it's funny. We, we talked to a guy named Frank uh, from Germany, and he was in London for the game, and he was as big, loud, boisterous, just – you know, lively, fun dude. And I don't even remember how we started talking to him, but I eventually asked him, have you been to Cincinnati? Because inevitably you ask these folks, you know, you know, why are you a Bengals fan? How did it start? How do you consume the team? You know, do you get a chance to watch the games, all that stuff. And I, I, I'll be honest with you. I I don't remember much of, of his story of how he became a Bengals fan, but I have, I eventually asked him, have you come to Cincinnati for a game? And you know, normally that, that is either, you know, the response is either, well, I haven't, I haven't yet, but I want to, or yeah, I've come. And what then happens is you get an explanation of this Cincinnati Bengals experience that I haven't gone through in quite a while where, you know, Paul Brown stadium is this just oasis of, of fun and color and vibrancy and, and the atmosphere is insane. And, you know, the city is wrapped up in this team. And certainly, you know, those things have, have happened and, and not in the, you know, the, the too distant past. But Frank went to the Cardinals game this year, which was played, um, you know, it drizzled. It was a miserable game. It, it, the Bengals offensively were dreadful for three quarters. You know, they made that late comeback. There was no atmosphere. There was, you know, hardly anybody in the stands. They lose the game. Um and yet he described it the way I, I would describe seeing Springsteen for the first time. I mean, you, you would have thought he had attended the best football game at the best stadium in the best environment in the United States. And instead, what he was really at was a game that a lot of people didn't pay attention to, was an afterthought around the NFL, and most people in Cincinnati didn't bother with. So you hear that kind of enthusiasm, and you, you go, man, I, I just wish that when you folks came to Cincinnati, and, you know, maybe for the only time in your life and you, you plunked down money to go to a game and you paid to be here, that the experience was was something that we could all go. Yeah, that was really cool. Instead of me kind of looking at you going, dude, that game suck. <laughs> so but that again, it's you you hear people like that and it's it's kind of refreshing. And, and in some cases, it's it's also kind of sad. I get both sides of it. Maybe we could learn something from these untainted fans across the ocean. And then on the other hand, you just 
look at Andy Dalton's reaction today with the media in the locker room, and I just, I, I just <clears throat> start to wonder when is this organization going to do something right, and it's not just going to be a flash in the pan. It's not going to be ruined by the Steelers and an injury like 2015 and 2005 and. I think that's maybe a good transition. Or do you have closing thoughts about London before we start talking about what's happening right now in Cincinnati? Um, I saw West Ham and Sheffield tie, and that was a cool sporting event. And I don't know anything about soccer. Had had you been to a soccer game before? The last time you went? Uh, no. And and I I'm I'm kicking myself for not going, but. I went with uh, two buddies of mine who are big soccer fans. The game was at the uh, Olympic Stadium uh, from 2012. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it, when, the, when, the, when the Bengals are decent and the Steelers come to town and you have fans co-mingling, you know, that's always rough. I wasn't aware, and you talk about being naive, that if you're a visiting fan, they have, you know, your own section mm-hmm. where guards stand to ensure that, you know, nothing bad happens. Wow. And so watching that dynamic play out was a blast. They really care in, in, about In large part because football. I don't think anybody got hurt. That's good news. Yeah. You never want to see fans get hurt at sporting. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Events. Well, Mo, let's transition to what's happening now in Cincinnati because... As you mentioned before we started recording, a lot of Bengals fans today, there's, there's a strong polarization, I would say, around the news that Andy Dalton is no longer starting for the Bengals. On the one hand, from a football perspective, for me individually, this makes a lot of sense. Andy Dalton has shown us time and time again that for whatever reason, be it his fault or not his <laughs> fault, they haven't been able to get over the hump with Dalton, the quarterback. My personal feeling is that making the move in the middle of a season where you're 0-8, it doesn't really matter. And you listen to Dalton today, and he says Zach Taylor told him, well, part of the reason that we're doing this is we're looking to the future. We have to see what we have in Ryan Finley because we're going to be in position to potentially draft a quarterback. So we have to know, is that what we're going to do? At the same time, this needed to happen a while ago. And the way it was handled, giving Dalton three hours before the trade deadline, my my heart personally goes out to him a little bit. He could help NFL teams that need a bridge quarterback. What are your rough reactions? I know you wrote a great piece on the athletics today, and I found myself pretty much agreeing with every paragraph you wrote there. Well, thank you. Um, I don't disagree with anything you said. I mean, this this from on the grand scale of how the NFL works winless team on Halloween changes. It's quarterback is not that earth shattering. Right. You know, I mean the, the player itself, and there's a lot of reasons for it. The player itself is not performing all that. Well, the team is not winning. You make a change. And, and I think to a degree, you know, for, forget the, the, the inevitability of all this and that they could have done this before and, and the timing of it, you know, I, I think, 
uh, even aside from the fact that it would have made no sense to give Ryan Finley a chance to, to show what he can do, if if you're if if you're going to criticize the team for not turning over every stone that it can to find something that leads to success, you then can't say, well, you can't try Ryan Finley. You know, if you want him to be the team, and certainly they're not. All right, let's try. Let's let's explore every conceivable avenue to make things better. Well, then at some point that has to include Ryan Finley playing quarterback. So, um, and I also think if, if you're going to be the coach who's constantly preaching accountability and, and everybody's job is on the line and nobody's guaranteed anything, then on a sort of grade school football level, that has to include the quarterback. It has to include a guy who's been here for so long and has meant, you know, a lot to the organization. So it, does it matter for this year? No. Does it change my thinking about the, the Bengals, you know, you know, future at quarterback? No, I don't think it should be Andy. And I'm going to guess it's probably not. I'm probably not going to get to a place where I think that Ryan Finley should be the guy. Um, and I, I look, I like Andy. I would love to see Andy get a chance to author another chapter in his career that, that involves him playing on a good team with, with a chance to, to do some of the things that he's never really been able to. I think it'd be great. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I don't know how you could root against that. And I think it would be a, a marvelous, you know, kind of ancillary benefit if, if instead of just benching him and letting the deadline come and go, they could have traded him to maybe Chicago. Andy gets a chance, but more importantly, the Bengals get something in return and move on and go in a clear direction. Instead, you know, this, this whole thing is kind of ending clumsily, you know, and, and there's so much of the season left that it's, it's certainly not inconceivable that Andy will play again. Um, in, in large part because Ryan Finley is going to be playing behind that same bad offensive line. There's a really good chance that he looks not prepared or isn't ready to have success. And then you get to a point where it's, you know, does it really make sense to, to keep rolling him out there? So, you know, I think there's a decent chance that, that Andy plays again, but yeah, I, I think this, this whole thing, you know, Andy used the, the verbiage unfortunate and it, it is. I think from a pure football standpoint, I think that the overriding factor here is the bye week. Um, you know, maybe they don't do this if they play this Sunday, but you know, you, I think there's a lot of coaches and, and a lot of quarterbacks that would say the, you know, the, the added time to prepare could do Ryan Finley and could do the team as a whole, um, a lot of good, but you're right. You can't help but go back to, to last off season. Um, the, the minute that Mike Brown said that Andy has to reestablish himself to, to get a, a contract extension, we kind of knew how this was going to play out. Uh, the team is was probably not going to be very good. The coaching staff is very, very green. The quarterback himself is limited, and they drafted somebody. Chances are Andy was never going to play 16 games. So what I wish you could do is go back even before then, and you know you hit the eject button, and maybe you trade Andy. Maybe you just move on from him. Maybe you address the quarterback years before they did in the draft. Um, and, and so I, I think that's – I think it's very fair to say they, they should have done this a long time ago, but since you can't go back in time, I, I I'm not sure. I I'm not sure if you weren't going to do it with a bye week. I, I'm not sure when you were going to do uh, give Ryan Finley a chance. And then yes, uh, you certainly it would have been nice to give Andy a chance to 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 have him and his agent engineer a deal that the Bengals could have signed off on. And the way you do that is you don't wait till Monday. Uh, a few hours before the deadline. But, you know, that to me, the, the biggest sin there is the Bengals not taking advantage of 
a potential asset instead of right. well they owed Andy. I, I would I would love to see Andy benefit from a trade, but to me that's that's just sort of a secondary benefit to what the Bengals could have gotten in return. And I'm a hundred percent with you there. Yes, I, <laughs> I feel for Andy the human, the the guy who has been a consummate pro off the field for sure. But you're right. What bothers me the most about all of this and what I said yesterday is, sure, change the quarterback, see what you have in Finley. I don't care. But show me that you have a plan. Right now, all that they can talk about is we want to win games this year. Why should I care about that, one? And two, what's the vision here? Are you trying to be the first team in NFL history to build a core around 30-year-olds? and try to win with <laughs> your best players being in their 30s. I mean, if if you found the fountain of youth, great. By all means, do it. Carlos Dunlap, Geno Atkins, A.J. Green, all still good players. But how many of them are still going to be good players when you are ready to actually compete at the highest level again? Can I say again? Have they ever competed at the highest level? Let's assume <laughs> yes. Let's assume yes in 2005, 2015. So when you get back to that point, when Bengals fans believe or delude themselves into thinking, whichever, if you're, if you're from the UK, believe, if you're from Cincinnati, delude themselves into thinking there's a chance again. Which of those players are still going to be around? And you look at Miami. I went through and did some three-round mock drafts last night, and I know it's October. But just for fun, the Bengals have three picks. Miami has three first-round picks. In the first three, right. you know, so you look at Miami's assets compared to the way they're doing. And I'm not saying Miami's doing it the right way because they've traded two very good players, but they have five first round picks in the next two drafts and four second round picks in the next two drafts. That's how you can reestablish a roster. And I'm not saying the Bengals could have gotten that either, but show me that you have a plan. That's all I'm asking. Yeah, I, I tire sometimes of people who, um, you know, when we're talking about the Bengals, they drag the Reds into the conversation or vice versa. Mm-hmm. I have no idea if if the Reds are going to make the playoffs anytime soon, but I can articulate what their plan is. I don't know if it's going to work. I don't know if the people in charge of executing it are, are totally qualified, but, but I know what it is. They're going to try to go to the playoffs next year. They're going to build around the, the three guys they have at the top of the rotation, um, some of the, the, the quality players they have on the roster. They're, they're going to try to take advantage of maybe some teams in the division taking a step back. Who knows if it'll work, but I can articulate that. I, I could not begin to articulate what the Bengals' plan is. And, you know, I said on the air after two or three games, I go, okay, here's what we're going to do. This is the last time we reference 2015 because um, – the, the the implication for the last couple of years has been, and, and maybe not, maybe even beyond the implication, the, the 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 directive has been, well, we were good in 2015. At some point, we're going to be good again with the same guys, and it doesn't work that way. No. I mean, that, that that team was really really good, really good, and I loved it, and I hate that that the the season ended the way it did. But you don't go. 12 and 4 in 2015 to 6 9 and 1 in 2016 to whatever they were 7 and 9 and you know really on the brink of being worse than that in 2017 and then it's just well keep bringing the same guys back together and suddenly you're 12 and 4 again it just it doesn't work that way right. so uh, in, in instead of further distancing yourself from the idea that we're just going to try to recapture the magic of a season that is 
you know, it, it was such a, a perfect storm of things until Andy got hurt. Instead, it just kind of feels like they're spinning their tires and trying to channel a season that they cannot recapture. And that is immensely frustrating. And that's not a plan. That's hope. And and hope is not a strategy. You know, I, I, I laughed often this offseason when I would hear, well, you know, we're going to have better health. How do you know? First of all, injuries are going to happen. You know, then mm-hmm. and the part of 2015 that I always say to people is, go back and look at some of those those injury reports. There was nobody on them. They were remarkable. They were enjoying. Healthy. It was remarkable. Yeah, I've never seen anything like that. So, oh well, you know, hey, we hope we're healthier. Well, that's hope. Hope is not a strategy. Hope is not a plan. And 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 therein lies, I think, the real frustration for me, and I think the real frustration for a lot of fans. Hey, the, the season has gone nowhere. Okay, that happens. Um, what they were in 2015 has fallen apart. Okay, we kind of knew that the window closed when uh, Boswell's kick went through in, in that game against Pittsburgh almost four years ago. We knew those things. Okay, you can deal with that. What's next? It, it, for years I've been wondering what's next, and I've never gotten that answer. And I was never going to get it to my complete satisfaction on Tuesday, but I was hoping I would get maybe a clue or a part of an answer. And instead, I'm still wondering what's next. Yeah, it looks like it's going to be more of the same, right? And like you said, maybe we don't articulate the plan because we know what it is and we know that it doesn't work. The plan is we're going to go in, we're going to try to draft players and we're going to take it, you know, the next time we hit on a quarterback and a wide receiver, the next time we get lucky and find a quarterback that's going to start for nine years in the second round. I mean, that's the modus operandi that we've had. They've hit on their last two quarterbacks. That's been pretty lucky to be honest. And they've put together good teams around those guys. And as a result of that, I feel like they don't really have the incentive or the, the experience to point to a way to dig a team out of the hole. They found Marvin Lewis and suddenly they were eight and eight. That hasn't been the case this time. Are they just going to go look for another Marvin Lewis type hire that takes an underachieving roster and turns it around? Well, this time the roster is all 30 years and older. So it's hard to see the way out of this one. And that's why I think, like you, I was looking for something on Tuesday and we didn't get it. We got a new quarterback. We know that a new quarterback is likely to come in the draft. And, and, then, it's, and then it's just hope, right? So maybe something else will come. As fans, all we can do is hope that a plan comes. Or I guess what, what is one to do as a, as a fan? You can't really plan around your team not having a plan. Yeah, I mean, the, the the word that comes to mind for me is trust, you know? I mean, you, you – I'm trying to think of, of the best example to compare it to, but, you know, I – if I'm a New England fan, and that's the most extreme example, I trust Bill Belichick. Of course. If, if he's going to coach into his 70s, Brady at some point is no longer going to be there. I can say, well, you know what, damn it, I, I trust – I trust that guy. Um you know, to, to a degree, there's there's organizations in this league that that you just have you just have trust in, you know, mm-hmm. and and doesn't mean that they don't make mistakes or have missteps or but but they you just feel like you I don't know who in the Bengals I'm supposed to trust I, I I don't trust Zach Taylor he's not giving me any reason to I don't I don't trust Mike Brown I, I don't trust the people working beneath him um, I, I certainly can can recognize and acknowledge Duke Tobin's successes, but working within the framework that he's asked to work within, I'm I'm not really sure I can trust him. 
just because the NFL has changed since since the last time the Bengals were good. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't, it, it, you know, as a fan, you're always looking for for something to cling to. Something, you know, it's like, uh, um, you know, Xavier basketball here in town. The, the coach leaves, they always get a new one. They just have a way, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, you, you can trust it. You can. So you lose Chris Mack, who might be the best coach they ever had, but you still feel like, well, you know what? Capable administration great fan base there's things to cling to there's things to trust who who what do you trust here and and to me that that trust gap is the most frustrating thing aside from just the, the lack of a plan i don't know i don't know what what you're you're clinging to here i i don't know what it is you're supposed to say that no matter what you know we have this going for us or or we're we're okay because we have that guy or this player's going to ensure that we're okay. You have none of those things. And, and when, you know, um, distrust mounts at some point you leave. And and I think that's, that's kind of what's, what's happening here is that, okay, I can't trust you. So if I can't trust you, I got to have nothing to do with you. And I think that's where a lot of fans are. I think that we're starting to see that more and more in the attendance and the visible attendance of Paul Brown stadium. And Mm -hmm. if that doesn't send a message, and and the message has been sent before is the thing. And and so we'll have to see how the Brown family responds. Mo, thanks for so much for coming onto the podcast and sharing your informed and interesting opinions that I happen to agree with. So of course I like him. You can find Mo at Mo Wagger fifteen thirty <laughs> on Twitter. Go read his stuff on the athletic. It's really good. Listen to him on the radio. Mo, I remember when you first brought me on your show when I was working for Pro Football Focus. Do you remember that day? I don't know. Very, what we yeah, about. very well. Yes. I just absolutely. I appreciate that now I've been able to host you on my show and return the favor. You've, you've got my number, so anytime you want me, uh, not that you need me because I'm not sure what I add, but anytime, anytime uh, you're desperate for a guest, you know how to get a hold of me. Well, thanks, Mo. Appreciate you sharing your experience in London and talking about commiserating about what's going on in Cincinnati right now. Anytime, Jake. Thanks for having me. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.